Good evening. This is the Tomorrow Christian Today, reading Acts 21 in the NLT. But first and always, you know the drill. We pray. Dear Lord, we commit all things into your hands. We ask you, Lord, to set your seal upon us, upon me, as I read your word. I'm here to promote, to exalt your word, to promote you, to promote Jesus, and to read your word and to let the Holy Spirit speak to anyone who is listening, including myself. My goal, Lord, is to strive, chase after you. David was a man after your own heart, and even though I'm not him, I still want to be that like that too. Forgive me for my sins. I thank you for this opportunity to be able to read your word, to hear your words. I pray for Holy Spirit discernment, and I do thank you, Lord, again, for the platform of Spotify to be able to have the freedom to do this, that somebody else might want to hear your words as well. I pray in the name of Christ. Amen. So I was just reading about a little background about Acts 21 in uh, on BibleRef.com. And I guess in between the three missionary journeys that Paul had, he sort of, um, you know, he's rest, he's at rest, and uh, he's in his home church at Syrian Antioch. I think that's where, I thought Syrian Antioch, I thought that's where they were first called Christians. Um, there's a verse in Acts about where they were first called Christians. I thought that was the place, but I'm not exactly sure. So it says at the end of his third mission, missionary journey, however, he doesn't even get a chance to visit because he's spreading the message of Jesus to the Gentiles in modern-day Turkey, Macedonia, and Greece. So I also remember, before I read, that somehow in Acts 21, again, there is more rules about the requirements for the Gentiles in Christianity. And as I, as I definitely read this, um, you know, I do see the difference between where I came from. You know, the Gentiles really were not given the law, right? They were kind of a law unto themselves. Uh, they were given the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the code of the heart. And the Holy Spirit was also given to the Jewish people as well, but they rejected Jesus. And, you know, there were Jewish Christians who uh, were Christians, but they were still very Jewish and they kept all the law of Moses. And that doesn't seem wrong to me, but it doesn't seem wrong that the Gentiles didn't have those things. But I guess both groups came into the Christian church under Jesus. And there was this tension between Jew Jewish people and Gentile people. And I'm sure that the tension would have been, well, the Gentiles are really loose and don't have any kinds of laws, you know. And even though, even though God appeared to us on Mount Sinai and we're supposed to sort of enforce our code on them, I could see that happening because that's what humans do, right? They say, look what I have, look what I have. What I have is, is good and you need to have it too. And there doesn't seem anything wrong with that, but there's always going to be that tension and that strife. Because it definitely a lot of sound bites that I heard growing up definitely sound like as if, you know, as I've said, um, I grew up with something in Judaism for Gentiles. That's not particularly wrong, but the problem is it wasn't just this is our opinion. It's about this is what we're doing, and we are the true representation of God. And you other people who do it differently, you're not. Like, I have seen some ministries with Christian women, okay, who did not grow up in the church that I came from, and yet they've gone back to, they say, uh, Saturday is the Sabbath, that's the, that's the day. Uh, Sunday uh, keeping is pagan, is Sunday worship. Um, it was influenced by a certain church that I don't need to name. And I go, I've heard this before, and I always hear this from women. 
I always hear women kind of pushing Saturday. That's okay, but Romans 14, 5 and 6 is, it's, it, it's the day is up to you. Now, corporatively, we are, some, somebody has to decide when you're going to go into a building. But it's always like women pushing this Yeshua Saturday thing. Um, Sunday is pagan worship. Isn't Saturday pagan worship too? It's Saturn Day, the day of the Saturn God, wealth planning and time. Right? As one, as uh, Mark Driscoll said, well, you know, if you drive a Volkswagen, that came out of uh, of, of Nazi Germany. Is that is that is kind of, that's kind of pagan worship? Are you going to not drive a Volkswagen? You know, he was talking about the Christmas tree. Is the Christmas tree in Asherah? Is it pagan worship? So there's always this kind of everybody has an opinion. You know, you should go according to your conscience. But when you take your opinion and you try to slam it over other people, I, I guess that's I guess that's kind of drawing a line. But everybody has their opinions, right? Everybody, Everybody's coming from their perspective. Their perspective, like I can see my perspective so clearly, but then I may have trouble seeing somebody else's perspective. But that is the trick, isn't it? To be able to see yourself as other people see you not only to see other people as you see them from your own perspective. Anyways, I digress. Let's just read. Paul's journey to Jerusalem. After saying farewell to the Ephesian elders, we sailed straight to the island of Kos. The next day we reached, we reached Rhodes and then went to Patera. There we boarded a ship sailing for Phoenicia. We sighted the island of Cyprus, passed it on our left and landed at the harbor of Tyre in Syria, where the ship was to unload its cargo. We went aboard, found the local believers, and stayed with them a week. So he's saying a lot of we. So I guess, is that Luke talking? So it's obviously, you know, whoever's writing this, it just sounds like he's on the ground. He's part of the action. It makes it very real. Like he's an eyewitness to what's going on. These believers prophesied through the Holy Spirit that Paul should not go on to Jerusalem. When we returned to the ship at the end of the week... The entire congregation, including women and children, left the city and came down to the shore with us. There we knelt, prayed, and said our farewells. Then we went aboard, and they returned home. The next stop after leaving Tyre was Polemus, where we greeted the brothers and sisters and stayed for one day. The next day we went on to Caesarea and stayed at the home of Philip the Evangelist, one of the seven men who had been chosen to distribute food. He had four unmarried daughters who had the gift of prophecy. Several days later, a man named Agabus, who had also had the gift of prophecy, arrived from Judea. He came uh, over, took Paul's belt, and bound his own feet and hands with it. Then he said, the Holy Spirit declares, so shall the owner of this belt be bound by the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem and turned over to the Gentiles. Kind of almost sounds like Jesus, right? When we heard this, we and the local believers all begged Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. But he said, why all this weeping? You are breaking my heart. I am ready not only to be jailed at Jerusalem, but even to die for the sake of the Lord Jesus. He's very fearless. He doesn't fear death. And like Jesus, he's having a very hard life. A lot of trials, a lot of um, assailments coming from within the church, from without the church. Like this man has a very, on the outside, a very unrestful life. He has a peace inside of him, but his life externally is a battle. You know, he once persecuted Christians, now he is under the, under the gun. When it was clear that we couldn't persuade him, we gave up and said the Lord's will be done. After this, we packed our things and left for Jerusalem. Some believers from Caesarea accompanied us, and they took us to the home of Menasin, a man originally from Cyprus, and one of the early believers. When we arrived, the brothers and sisters in Jerusalem welcomed us warmly. The next day, Paul went with us to meet with James, 
and all the elders of the Jerusalem church were present. After greeting them, Paul gave a detailed account of the things God had accomplished among the Gentiles through his ministry. After hearing this, they praised God, and then they said, You know, dear brother, how many thousands of Jews have also believed, and they will follow the law of Moses very seriously. So again, back to the Saturday thing. Like I used to think when I first, okay, um, I'm coming out of the church. I, I want nothing to do with Saturday. It's under the law, stuff like that. Now, I just, I don't feel the same way. I feel like if you want to go into a building on a Saturday, if you want to say the Sabbath, you know, I mean, there's a Seventh-day Baptist church. That's good. We can all, we can agree to disagree, right? But it's like anything. Everybody has an opinion. How much are we willing to fight about it? Like when the gospel, the good news about Jesus connecting us back to God through repentance through him as the savior, through the forgiveness of sins, through loving your fellow man, and in a way, God helping you through the Holy Spirit to love yourself. I say that in quotes because people talking about loving themselves these days. When that message turns into, now we have to fight about men versus women, and should women keep silent in the church or should they not, or Saturday versus Sunday, when it goes from the good news, what Jesus was preaching, to having to fight and defend and endless hours of argumentation about which hermeneutic is correct, I think that's when we've gone off the rails. And I think it's really easy to do that. Like Jesus, first and foremost, the gospel is from Jesus and it's about Jesus. It's the gospel of repentance and the gospel of being cleansed by his blood and the gospel of the Holy Spirit being given to our hearts we are now in the most holy place. I think that's the gospel. It's connecting us back to God. So that that's the gospel to me. And when the gospel starts to morph into, okay, let's start taking all these secondary issues, these peripheral issues, important issues, but nonetheless peripheral, and it starts occupying our time for arguing and fighting and bickering stuff, and they become primary, I think that's when it goes off the rails. That's my personal opinion. I don't tell you what to think. I ask you to think about what I tell you. It says, so I got off on a tangent about the law of Moses. Verse 21, but the Jewish believers here in Jerusalem have been told that you are teaching all the Jews who live among the Gentiles to turn their backs on the law of Moses. They've heard that you teach them not to circumcise their children or follow other Jewish customs. What should we do? They will certainly hear that you have come. So the Jewish believers who are still have the, the pieces of the law of Moses now think that Paul has actually gone off, gone off the rails and he's actually, maybe he's loose. He's telling the Gentiles not to bother with this anymore. And we've, we've been doing this for thousands of years since Mount Sinai. Even though we believe that Jesus is the predicted Messiah, we're still doing those things. And Gentile people who are Gentiles, who didn't have the same culture, they should be doing it too. Right? Verse 23. Because this happened in Acts 15, and now it's happening again here. Verse 23. Here's what we want you to do. We have four men who have completed their vow. Go with them to the temple and join them in the purification ceremony paying for them to have their heads ritually shaved, then everyone will know that the rumors are all false and that you yourself observe the Jewish laws. So I did go to a church and they were talking about how Christianity in a culture actually tends to further on when that culture takes God um, for themselves kind of thing, like they'll give God their specific cultural name. And there was also something on Instagram where they were talking about was Jesus 
um, you know, was he white? Was he black? What was he? And so this lady who's not a believer actually shows these different pictures of Jesus, um, you know, from the Byzantine culture, from the from the culture um, of black people, from a culture of um, other other races. And she says every race sees Jesus as one of his own. Combined with every race has a certain name for God. And that's where Christianity seems to take root successfully. So it's almost like the Jewish people, God bless their soul, the Jewish believers here, um, want the Gentiles to be in Christianity, but they want the Gentiles to do it their way on their culture. And I don't think that really works. It creates tension, creates problems. Maybe the Gentiles should not expect the Jewish believers who believe in Jesus to just abandon the law of Moses because maybe that's wrong too, right? Because, you know, I mean, I, I've heard of, you know, Gentile people calling the Jewish um, believers like uh, legalists and Judaizers and stuff like that. And it seems like a label that's a little bit, um, it's labeling. And we all know labels disable. It says here, Go with them to the temple and join them in the purification ceremony, paying for them to have their heads ritually shaved. Then everyone will know that the rumors are all false and that you yourself observe the Jewish laws. I don't tell you what to think. I ask you to think about what I tell you. As for the Gentile believers, they should do what we already told them in a letter. They should abstain from eating food offered to idols, from consuming blood or the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. I don't know why the meat of strangled animals would be bad other than what I've heard that you strangle an animal or you, you kill the animal or, or it, it dies in fear and it releases catecholamines into the blood. And so the catecholamines are like stress compounds. And so if you eat that blood or the meat's not properly cooked, you can take those compounds into your body and maybe unwittingly increase the amount of anxiety or unwellness in your body. I don't know if that has anything to do with health. I really don't. Verse 26, so Paul went to the temple the next day with the other men. They had already started the purification ritual. So he publicly announced the date when their vows would end and, and sacrifices would be offered for each of them. The seven days were almost ended when some Jews from the province of Asia saw Paul in the temple and roused a mob against him. They grabbed him yelling, men of Israel, help us. This is the man who preaches against our people everywhere and tells everybody to obey, disobey the Jewish laws. So if they're saying that about Paul, they said that about Jesus too. They don't like Jesus. Right, Jesus is saying all these things that are against the Jewish. I don't think Jesus was doing that. He wasn't speaking against the law of Moses. He wasn't speaking against God. He was saying that love fulfills the law. But the Gentiles just have a different culture. They're not going to all of a sudden, you know, keep the Sabbath. Although there are people, as I said, Judaism for Gentiles going is like, okay, we have to keep the Sabbath. Then we're going to get all of God's. Um, we're going to get all of God's love because we're totally 100% obedient. You should act according to your conscience, but this does not sound like a reason for what you're doing. It sounds kind of like you're stepping on somebody else. You're promoting yourself and you're demeaning somebody else because they don't quite see it the way you do. Where was I? Oh, yes. Um, he even defies this holy place by bringing in Gentiles. So, you know, the Gentiles aren't even liked by, by the Jewish by the by the Jewish people, right? Gentiles are looked on as, as filth. And these guys, these Jewish guys, are not they're not open to Jesus. For earlier that day, uh, they had seen him in the temple with Trophimus 
agenda from Ephesus and they assumed Paul had taken him into the temple. Man, the human race, we're really good at hating each other. We're actually really, really good at hating each other. We're terrible at loving each other, but we're actually really, really, really good at hating each other and building strife and going to our own birds of a feather flock together. It's so true. Verse 30, the whole city was rocked by these accusations and a great riot followed. Paul was grabbed and dragged out of the temple and immediately the gates were closed behind him. As they were trying to kill him, word reached the commander of the Roman regiment that all Jerusalem was in an uproar. He immediately called out his soldiers and officers and ran down among the crowd. When the mob saw the commander and the troops coming, they stopped beating Paul. Then the commander arrested him and ordered him bound with two chains. He asked the crowd who he was and what he had done. Some shouted one thing and some another. We can't agree on stuff either. Since he couldn't find out the truth in all the uproar and confusion, he ordered that Paul be taken to the fortress. As Paul reached the stairs, the mob grew so violent, the soldiers had to lift him to the shoulders to protect him. And the crowd followed behind shouting, kill him, kill him. Paul speaks to the crowd. As Paul was about to be taken inside, he said to the commander, may I have a word with you? Do you know Greek? The commander asked, surprised aren't you the egyptian who led a rebellion some time ago and took four thousand members of the assassins out into the desert no paul replied i am a jew and a citizen of tarsus in cilicia tarsus isn't that where joe um jonah was headed was he headed for tarsus please let me talk to these people the commander agreed so paul stood on the stairs and motioned to the people to be quiet soon a deep silence enveloped the crowd and he addressed them in their own language aramaic so we'll find out later what is to come boy uh, this man had hard times as a christian there will be hard times in your life those who would live godly in jesus christ will suffer persecution it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when and how much. God bless us all to be able to go through the trials with the Holy Spirit. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for your patience. And thank you for your time. God bless you all.